0: Shalom to all today's office of Mem Memvolve we are starting Memhabe's three lines up from the bottom at the beginning of the line. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabasar Yakiv Mesha, Hernis Shamashavanalia, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Freydacha Yabela, Baser Yitzhvi, Hernishama Shadavaniya. Now it's important to note before starting this Gemara is when a Jew buys a slave, a non-Jewish slave, that slave has to undergo partial garus. He has to get a brasmila and immersed in a mikvah. Now the slave becomes chaivim mitzvous like a woman. The Gemara tells us Amra Khan Bargurya Amar Rav Halakh Evimno Evikhavim. If a person buys a non Jewish slave Slave from a non-Jew, the Shem ben and then his non-Jewish slave precedes his master. He quickly goes into the Mikvah with intent to be a ben chayrin, to be a free person, to be a yid. ben He's acquired himself as a free person, and he is not a slave anymore. My time, my why is asked the Gemara. Mem vav top. That's because His non-Jewish master didn't own his body; he only owned the rights to his labor, and therefore ma'ale kanile. Whatever he owned of this non-Jewish slave, who the makni that's what he was giving over to the yid. the and. And since this slave went to the mikvah quickly to make himself a ben-chayrin, he now was able to remove that shibud, he was able to remove that lien, those rights to labor that his master owned on him, and now he's considered a full-fledged Jew. And this is Kidurava, just like what Rava says. To he says, hektish, chametz v'shecher, mafkim shibud, Making something hektish, chametz and freeing a slave can remove a shibud. Now, what are these things that Rava's talking about? So number one is hektish. If Rubin was borrowing money from Shimon and stated that the payment can be collected from his cow, that means Shimon has a lien on the cow. And Gam- terminology that's called apotiki, But now let's say Reuven designates his cows a carbon. He's makdish the cows a carbon That effectively removes the shebud Shimon has because Shimon's shibud was only monetary. He didn't have a lien on the cow itself, whereas when it becomes kaddish from the mezbah, the actual goof of the animal becomes kaddish. Number two, with chametz. If Reuven owed a non-Jew money and was using chametz as a lien, once the sixth hour Arab Pesach rolls around, Reuven has a chiv to destroy the chametz because he still owns the actual chametz. The non-Jew's lien on it isn't strong enough to be considered like chametz is the non-Jews. And regarding freeing a slave as well, let's say Ruven owed Shimon money, and the lien on that money was his slave, and then Ruven freed his slave, since Reuven owns the guf of his slave, so now the slave is freed, and now Shimon does not have a lien on the slave anymore. But now, Masarab Chizah, he asked the following question. There's a story with a woman named Belayra, and she became a Giyaris. Her slaves that she owned as a non-Jew, they quickly went to the Mikveh before she became a Jew, and the story came to the Chachamim and they said, They acquired themselves as free people, and they are not her slaves But what do we learn from here? Only if they went to the mikveh before she became a Yid, then they acquired themselves. But that implies that if they went to the mikveh after she already became a Yid, then they didn't acquire themselves because they're considered her slaves. And this story is very similar to our case of Rav. She was turning from a non-Jew to a Jew. And this is like Rav's case that a non-Jew was selling a slave to a Jew. This case of Belayor HaGeris was Mashmah that after she became a Yid, they're not able to go to the Mikvah and make themselves Yidin. Whereas Rav said that even after the Jew purchased a slave from a non-Jew, he could jump into the Mikvah and make himself into a Jew. Um, He says that's not a riot because that's not how to understand that. How are we supposed to understand what happened in this scenario? If they went to the Mikvah before she became a Yid. So then whether they explicitly said they wanted to do this for Geris, that's mufarish, Or if they just did it Stam, they just went to the Mikvah and they didn't say anything, they would still be Yidin. Like they went to the Mikvah after she became a Yid, then, only if they explicitly stated that they're doing this to become Yiddin, then they would be Yiddin and they'd be free, but if they didn't say that, then they would not be free. And, Omar Vavya, says this is only talking about if someone's purchasing a slave from a non-Jew. But if we're dealing with a non-Jew himself, there's a knock on Ruvain's door, he opens it up and there's a non-Jew standing there saying, hey, would you like to buy me as a slave? And he buys him as a slave, then, this Yid is kind of the slave himself and the slave cannot now jump into the Mikvah and say, oh, I'm a Yid. That's because of says, Also from those who are dwelling among you, you could purchase them. This is talking about a Yid being able to purchase a non-Jewish slave. What do we learn from here? You could buy them, they can't buy you. And They can't buy each other. Now we have to analyze the Bray. What does that mean that they can't buy you? That a non-Jew can't buy a Jew? If you want to say that a non-Jew isn't able to buy a Jew even in as much just to purchase his labor, a guy can't buy a at least as much that he's going to own his labor. The pasuk says, This is a pasuk referring to a yid being purchased as a slave. Of so So this pasuk is clearly talking about a guy buying a yid as a slave. So El lav It must be that a guy is not able to buy a yid in as much that he owns his body. The Kamar But the Torah says, "Atem that you are able to buy them." Afilu gufei, mashma that when you buy a non-Jew, you own that non-Jew's body. But now Parchavacha he asks, who says that's the proper way to learn the pasuk? maybe it means that you just purchase him with money but you still now have to bring him to the mikvah to make him into a slave the like Gemara says Kasha you're right that's a good question I continue to talk about the tevilah of a slave Amr Shmuel he says his master has to press him down in the water as he's immersing in the mikvah to become a slave his master has to press down upon him if he doesn't do that then the slave could just say I went to the mikvah in order to become a yid the pressing down of the master upon him while he's in the mikvah is saying I'm being shame where and not see cheros." and where do we see this Avdei Dravashi minyamin the slave of Ravashi balit he had to put him in the mikvah maser niyalai l'aravina l'aravacha b'ed so he gave him to Ravina l'aravacha b'ed rava Amaluhu told him chazudu minachul kabayis le you should know that it would be money from you if you allow him to go to the mikvah l'shem cheras and not l'shem Avdas so what do they do to prevent this ramule arvisa b'tzavari they put a leash around this evad's neck arpulei v'tsimtsumule they loosened it and they tightened it arpulei the reason why they loosened it is kihechi deloy lahav chatzitzo so it shouldn't be the reason why they tightened it kehechi Lick them so that he shouldn't quickly proceed and tell them, The leash around his neck shows that he's an Evid. And Dali Reshe when he took his head out of the water, they put a bucket of cement on his head. They told him, Go and take it to your master's house. And more about Avadim. You know about these slaves of the household of Papa Bar Abba? They pay these people's head tax, and now they take them as slaves. Every single person, Jew and non-Jew, had to pay a certain head tax. If they didn't pay the head tax and someone paid the head tax for them, then the one that paid the head tax for them took them as a slave. So we're referring to non-Jews over here that had the head tax paid for them by the household of Papa Baraba, They were taken as slaves into the household. The question is, kinofki, now when they're going free, they weren't slaves forever. They were only slaves for as long as they needed to work to pay off that amount of the head tax. So when they're going free, do they need to have a special get that's freeing them? We know that when a Jew frees his slave, he has to write him a special get, do these people need this getcheros? so Amr Rava told him if I would have died I wouldn't have told you this I wouldn't have been able to answer this question I'm so happy you asked me this is what Rav said the seal of slavery of these people is in the box or the chest of the king meaning it's the king that's able to decide if these people are going to be slaves and, Umalka Amar, and the king said whoever doesn't pay the head tax becomes a slave to the one who pays the head tax for him and since the king said that these people are going to be slaves, they're considered full fledged slaves, and therefore when they would go free, they would need the special get And now moving on to general discussions of cheros. Rav Rav bar Abba visited the place called Gavla. Chaza, he saw three things. What did he see? Benai Yisrael Shemalu women that were pregnant from Gairam that had a bris mila, but they didn't go to the mikvah. For he also saw that the Yisrael the Yisrael. There was wine. It was Yiddish wine, and non Jews poured water into the wine, and yidn were drinking that wine. Also Saw Termusan shakli of the chavim Vahli Israel beans that were cooked by a non Jew and Jews were eating them. And he didn't tell them anything. He came to R Yechon and he told him everything that he saw. Yechon um, and told him, say the you have to go out and announce. Number one, Albanem shemam Mamzairim, their children are Amzairim, Ba Mishum their wine is Yain Naseh, while Turmusan regarding their beans, Mishum Bishul of the that they're usar to eat because it's called Bishul Akam, it was cooked by a non Jew, Lafisha in a because they're not Bene Tirah. Now we explain these. Albanim Shay Hamzim, the reason why the children are a person's not a ger until he gets a brismila and he's tayvul. the lay tavil, And since these people didn't go to the mikveh yet, who they're considered a regular guy. If a non-Jew is baalabas yisrael, so child's a mamzer. Number two. The reason why their wine is yainesek and it's usher to drink. There's an expression that we tell a nazir, go away, go away. Go around, go around, don't come near a vineyard. We know that a nazir is not allowed to eat grapes, but we tell him to go away and stay very far from a vineyard so that he prevents himself from even coming close to grapes. And the same thing with Yenam, which is the wine of a guy, regular wine from a guy, or that was touched by a guy, is not allowed to be drunk by a yid, because we say that it was used for his zara. In this scenario, they didn't touch the wine, they just poured water into it. But the reason why Rabiachan is answering it is because we say you have to stay very far away from anything with gaiim to do with wine. And the third thing, while and mishum. The reason why the beans aren't allowed to be eaten because it's Bishul Akam is because the people of this place were not Bene Tara. Ask the Gamara Habnai Tara Shari, but if they were Bene Tara, they'd be allowed to eat these beans. Bamar Swaber Yitzhak Mishmaidh, says in the name of Rav, If something is able to be eaten raw, ain't by Mishim Bishul Adi So then there's no problem if a guy cooks it. There's no Isr of Bishal Akam. If you're able to eat it raw, so a guy cooking it doesn't do anything to it, and there's no problem. But the this term is being Ain and can't be eaten raw via and therefore, there is a problem of bishul avikachavim. There is a problem of bishul akum. Even if they're B'nai Tara, they shouldn't be allowed to eat it. So the answer is no. Rabbi Yechon and Kiidah Lashnis He holds of the other svarah of bishul akum why it's Asr the Rav. Anything which is not chashav enough to be placed on the table of a king to be eaten along with bread and by in b'shul avikachavim, this doesn't have an issue of bishul akum. So really, these turmas beans cooked by a non-Jew would be allowed to be eaten. But at the time of only reason why they're not allowed to eat them is because they're not b'nai but if they were bnei Taira, then they're permitted to eat it. What's the difference if they're bnei Taira or not? The whole reason why Bishul akam in the first place is aser is because of chasnos. We don't want yidin to end up marrying guyim. And if a yid eats something cooked by a guy, he might end up eating with the guy and then chas v'shalom end up marrying into the guy's family. Now Ben Taira knows all the specific halachas: what he's allowed to eat, what he's not allowed to eat. Since these people were not bnei Taira, so therefore Yechanan said they're not allowed to eat this true sin. And more about gerus: the Gemara says Tana Rabbanon, Ger We have a ger who had bris mila, but he never went to the mikveh. says ger. he's considered. We see our forefathers, when they left Mitzrayim, they got a mila when they left Mitzrayim, but they never went to the mikveh. Leaving Mitzrayim made them into Yiddin. Up until that point, they were just considered Bnei Nayach. Now they're considered Yiddin, and they had a mila, but they never went to the mikveh. What about a person who went to the mikveh but never got a Bersamilu? He says, That's considered a Ger. We find that the Jewish women previously, they went to the mikveh, they never got a mila. So therefore, a Mikvah without a mila is okay, even for a man. Say, if they only did one and not the other ain't ger that's not a ger he has to get a bris milah and go to the mikvah Gemara asks why isn't Rabbi Shua learned from the office that it's okay just to get a bris milah and not go to the mikvah why isn't Rabbi Lazar learn from the imah it's okay to go to the mikvah okay not get a bris milah and if you want to suggest ain't done an efsh eft, sure. you can't learn something which is possible from something which is impossible women can't possibly get a bris and the only way they can become a yid is by going to the mikvah so you can't learn that a man should be allowed to Become a yid by just going to the mikvah without getting a bris from a woman. A man could get a bris. Don't say that because vatan you have a bris. So, Rabbi Elazar. says mina lepesach daris ba elmenachulin. How do we know that the pesach of daris, the carbon pesach that's brought in all generations, is only allowed to come from chulin money? It's not allowed to come from master sheni money. That's because never pesach with never pesach with daris. It talks about bringing a carbon pesach with mitsrayim and it talks about the chid to bring a carbon pesach for all future generations. Ma pesach arum mitsrayim in ba elmenachulin. Just like the carbon pesach with had to come from chulin money, that's because there wasn't a concept of Meister Sir money, i and by So to the carbon Pasik in all future generations, has to be brought from Kulin money, it's not to be brought from Meister Shaney money. And this is a limud even though we're talking about a kiss which is ef And Amalai Rakiva Bakiva told him, are we able to learn Efshir from ef The only reason why the Carbon Pasik Mitzrayim wasn't able to be brought from Meister Shane money is because we didn't have Meister Shane back then. So how could you learn one from the other? Armal responded Aflepish Efsher even though it was impossible to bring a carbon Mitzrayim from Maestroshani money, because as we said we didn't have Shane money then we it's still a great raya and we'll learn from it. So we see that we could learn Efsher from Efsher, and therefore why doesn't Rebbe Lezer learn the same place Rebbe Yeshua learns from That's enough just to have tefillah and you don't have to have milah? So Gamar says you're right. Everyone agrees that if this person only went to the mikvah and did not get a bris milah, that helps and he's considered a ger. If a person only got a bris milah and didn't go to the mikvah, Rabbi Leizer me Rabbi learns from the Avvis that that's valid. Rabbi Shua, but nami tefila and Rabbi Shua holds that the Avvis when they left Mitzrayim, they also went to the mikvah, so they got a bris milah and they went to the mikvah. So therefore, you have to have both. But now the just asks, how does he know that they also had tefila in the midbar? Even if you want to say midchsef, because of Says, go to the nation, they should sanctify themselves today and tomorrow, and wash their clothing. And over here, washing their clothing is going to be understood as immersing in a mikvah because, in a different scenario where a person does not need to wash their clothing, they need to immerse their body, that's referring to a bal Keri, he's Tameh, but his clothing's not Tameh, so he has to go to the mikvah, he doesn't have to immerse his clothing. So, a place that needs washing of clothing and needs immersing of clothing, namely right before Harsinai, for sure. Or, at least we're assuming, that they also were themselves. Perhaps that's his raya from the Pasuk. The Gemara says, that's not a raya. Perhaps Mesh Rabbeinu was just saying that they should wash themselves and make sure that they're clean before Kabbalah Satyra. The Gemara says, okay, this is his raya. The Pasuk says, Mesh Rabbeinu took the blood of the karbanis and he sprinkled it on the nation. The Gemirian, we know that a person is never sprinkled without going to the mikveh first. So it must be that all of Kal Yisrael went to the mikveh. Now we turn to Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua, how does Rabbi Yeshua know that the women that left Mitzrayim went to the mikvah. Who says? The Gemara answers Svarahu. It's just logical. The Im came. How else are they able to make themselves Yiddin? How are they supposed to become Yiddin? They can't get a bris mila. It must be that they went to the mikvah. And more about GERS. Amr Abba. Amr Abchibar Abba. Amr Abchibar person's not a geir, Until he gets a bris mila and he immerses in the mikvah. The Gemara asks Is that obvious? Yachid vrabim. We have a yachid against the rabim. The halacha is like the rabim. And the brides on the bottom of Amr Aleph had quoted the Chacham saying that we need mila and vila. So, of course, that's the Sock. The Gemara says, No, chachamim, chachamim. it's not a plural, it's If a person comes to Bezin and he says, I had a bris mila, but I never went to the mikvah. Rebbe Yuda says, We'll just immerse him in the mikvah and there's nothing to think about, there's no problem. What does it mean there's no problem? According to Rebbe he only needs one. He only needs either mila or Tavila. He comes and he says, He got a bris mila. We don't know if he really got a bris mila. We don't know if it was Lashem geiros, but we don't really care about that. We'll stick him in the mikvah right now. All he needs is one of them anyway, and that's Besader. Rabbi Yehuda says, Ein We're not going to put him in the mikvah. That's because we don't know if his mila was Lashem Gerus, and we need to have a mila and a tevila Lashem Gerus. The brasset continues, The therefore, Matbilan Gerb Shabbos Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that we'll allow a Ger to immerse on Shabbos. This is referring to a Ger that already had a brismila by Bazdin, so we know that he already became a Ger because he already had a Brasmila. His Tvila isn't really necessary, and that's why he's allowed to be tevil on Shabbos. Usually, tevila of a Ger would not be permitted on Shabbos because that's it's called being Matakin, he's fixing himself, he's changing himself from being a non Jew to a Jew. However, since he already had a bris milah, he is allowed to immerse on Shabbos because that immersion isn't really anything. That's according to Rebbe Huda. Rebbe says, In Matbilan, we're not allowed to be him on Shabbos, that's because he needs Mila and Tevila, the Tevila is considered being Matakin him from a non Jew to a Jew, and therefore he's not allowed to have Tevila on Shabbos. Now we go on to analyze the second part of the brisah. So, Omar Mar, we had said in the second part of the brisah, so, therefore Matbilan Gerba Shabbos, we're allowed to be Matbil Garan Shabbos if you already had a bris milah. The Gemara asks Pshita. That's obvious. Why does the Brisa need to tell us that? Even D'om Rabbi Huda, since Rabbi Yehuda says Bechadas Sage, it's enough for him to get just one Mila or Tvilah the Demalafanenu. In a scenario where he already got a Bris in front of us, so we already know he has a Bris Mila Madbilin, Of course, we're allowed to be Matbil him. Myla lefikach, Why does the Brisa have to say Fikach? Therefore, he's allowed to go to the Mikvan on Shabbos. It's obvious the Brisa doesn't have to say that. The Gemara answers, No. Malad you would have thought that Rabbi Yehuda Tvilah Iker. According to Rabbi Yehuda is the main thing. With Tvilah Loi, and your knowledge do Tvilah on Shabbos to come attack and, and Gavar because we're fixing him up. is Rabbi Yehuda requires either this one or that one, either Mila or Tevila, and neither of them is better than the other one. And now we analyze Rabbi Yehudi. Rabbi Yehudi, Rabbi had said in the Bresa, in Matbilan, we're not allowed to put him in the Mikvan Shabbos. The Gemara asked, pshita. that's obvious. Since Rabbi said that we need both Mila and Tevila to kunigavu Shabbos, it's obvious that we're not allowed to fix him up on Shabbos, so of course he's not allowed to go to the Mikvan Shabbos. So the Gemara answers, Malatatima, you would have thought that the Rabbi Mila Iker, according to Rabbi is the main thing. The b'fanenu, And the reason the Brass, the reason why we're not going to allow him going to go into the Mikvah is simply because he didn't get a breast Mila in front of us, so we don't know if his Mila was L'shem Geros. But in a scenario where his Mila was in front of us, so we know that he did L'shem Geros, I might say that he is allowed to go to the Mikvah on Shabbos, Rabbi Yessi needs both of them, and only after he has both Mila and Tevila, he's considered a Yid, and therefore no Tevila on Shabbos, even though the mila was in front of us and Omar Rabi tells us of the Havabay Rab Khaybar Rabbi there's a story in the household of Khaybar Rabbi and Rav Yosef Masni Rav Eshai Baribi Rav Yosef teaches that Rav Eshai Baribi was also there and Rav Safra Masni Rav Safra teaches that Rav Eshai Barab Chia he was also there and what was the story the Asla Meiger Shimon Vay Taval now this guy had gotten a bris mila in front of Bezdin so we know that his bris mila was a shame Geros he just never had it Vila so Omar Rabi Khaybar Rabbi told him Shai kan wait here till tomorrow and it will and then we're going to put you in the Mikvah Shmamino tas we learn three things from here Shmamino we learn from here Geritz. That a ger needs three people in order to authorize his geras. There was three people in the story. We also learned that he's not a ger unless he gets a brismila and goes to the mikvah. We also learned that we're not allowed to immerse a mercy ger at night. He told him that tomorrow we're going to immerse you in the mikvah. Ask more of a name, why don't we also say that we need experts? These were three world class that were sitting there, so why don't we say that we have to have mumchim? The answer is that's not a riot. It's very possible that these three happened to be there, but if we had three regular people, that would also. Will be okay. And one last thing about Gerus today, someone who wants to undergo Gerus, he has to have three people there authorizing it. Why is that? Mishbat Ksivbe, because a Pasuk about Gerus says Mishbat, and we know that Mishbat is always with three people. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about Gerus. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.